The history of the naval events of the War of 1812 has been repeatedly presented both to the American and the English reader. Historical writers have treated it either in connection with a general account of the contest on land and sea, or as forming a part of the complete record of the navies of the two nations. A few monographs, which confine themselves strictly to the naval occurrences, have also appeared. But none of these works can be regarded as giving a satisfactorily full or impartial account of the war, some of them being of the popular and loosely constructed order, while others treat it from a purely partisan standpoint. No single book can be quoted which would be accepted by the modern reader as doing justice to both sides, or indeed as telling the whole story. Anyone specially interested in the subject must read all, and then it will seem almost a hopeless task to reconcile the many and widely contradictory statements he will meet with. There appear to be three works which, taken in combination, give the best satisfaction on the subject. First, in James's Naval History of Great Britain, which supplies both the material and the opinions of almost every subsequent English or Canadian historian, can be found the British view of the case. It is an invaluable work, written with fullness and care. On the other hand, it is also a piece of special pleading by a bitter and not over-scrupulous partisan. This, in the second place, can be partially supplemented by Fenimore Cooper's Naval History of the United States. The latter gives the American view of the cruises and battles. But it is much less of an authority than James's, both because it is written without great regard for exactness, and because all figures for the American side need to be supplied from Lieutenant, now Admiral, George E. Emmons's statistical History of the United States Navy, which is the third of the works in question. But even after comparing these three authors, many contradictions remain unexplained, and the truth can only be reached in such cases by a careful examination of the Navy records, the London Naval Chronicle, Niles's Register, and other similar documentary publications. Almost the only good criticisms on the actions are those incidentally given in standard works on other subjects, such as Lord Howard Douglas's Naval Gunnery and Admiral Jurien de la Gravière's Guerre Maritime. Much of the material in our Navy Department has never been touched at all. In short, no full, accurate, and unprejudiced history of the war has ever been written. The subject merits a closer scrutiny than it has received. At present, people are beginning to realize that it is folly for the great English-speaking republic to rely for defense upon a navy composed partly of antiquated hulks, and partly of new vessels rather more worthless than the old. It is worthwhile to study with some care that period of our history, during which our navy stood at the highest pitch of its fame. And to learn anything from the past, it is necessary to know, as near as may be, the exact truth. Accordingly, the work should be written impartially, if only from the narrowest motives. Without abating a jot from one's devotion to his country and flag, I think a history can be made just enough to warrant its being received as an authority equally among Americans and Englishmen. I have endeavored to supply such a work. It is impossible that errors, both of fact and opinion, should not have crept into it.
And although I have sought to make it in character as nonpartisan as possible, these errors will probably be in favor of the American side. As my only object is to give an accurate narrative of events, I shall esteem it a particular favor if anyone will furnish me with the means of rectifying such mistakes. And if I have done injustice to any commander or officer of any grade, whether American or British,